Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. Robert Zirk is off this week. On today's show, Rebecca Deng returns to the program. Rebecca is a South Sudanese woman who was a refugee for 17 years, and she is now helping rebuild her community through the Winnipeg Women's Resource Center in Bohr. Then we'll speak with Karen Davis and Angie Harris of the Dollywood Foundation. They're in town promoting the Imagination Library. And we'll talk to you about why Miss Dolly Parton has made it her life's work to get books to children from birth to age five. Then we'll be joined by Michelle Falk, Executive Director of the Manitoba Association for Rights and Liberties. She'll tell us about a recent program that gave newcomers to Canada an, an opportunity to share their stories through photography. And as always, Noah Ehrenberg will join us in studio to talk about This Week in Winnipeg through the lens of Community News Commons, Winnipeg's Citizen Journalism Project. All this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Good morning and welcome to River City 360. My name is Nolan Bicknell. As I mentioned at the top of this show, Robert Zirk is on vacation this week, so it's all up to me. Uh, we've got a great show filled with great conversations today. I'm really excited uh, to, to speak with everyone this this, this morning. Uh, on our way into the studio right now is Rebecca Deng. We've had her on the show before uh, she's, to tell her story. She, she's a South Sudanese refugee uh, who's spent six, 17 years in a refugee camp. She's an incredible woman who is now giving back to her community and to her hometown of Bor. Uh, she is the chair of the Winnipeg Women's Resource Center in Bor and is speaking at Peace Days this coming Wednesday, September 21st at 7 p.m. at the South Sudanese Community Center here in Winnipeg. She recently returned to Bor on a mission to deliver 24 sewing machines to women there so they can eventually become self-sufficient. Uh, she's planning on, on helping them with training and how to use the, the machines properly and eventually they'll be, they'll be self-sufficient and start their own businesses. Um, plans for Rebecca's trip were sort of disrupted due to tensions in the area and she kind of got caught in the middle of a essentially a gunfight um, in the war there she got caught up uh, basically she has an incredible story we're going to hear all about it but uh, we usually start things off with a song so today we're going to start things off with Dean, Dean Martin memories are made of this right here on River City 360 sweet sweet memories you gave me you can't beat Take one fresh and tender kiss Add one stolen night of bliss One girl, one boy Some grief, some joy Memories are made of this don't forget a small moonbeam Fold in lightly with a dream Your lips and mine Two sips of wine Memories are made of this One house where lovers dwell Three little kids for the flavor Stir carefully through the days See how the flavor stays These are the dreams 
listening to River City 360. Nolan Bicknell here with you this morning, and we're now joined in studio by a very special guest. We have Rebecca Dang. She is a friend of the show. You've been on the show before, She and she is the chair of the Winnipeg Women's Resource Center in Boar. Rebecca, thank you for joining us again. Thank you, Nolan. So how have you been since we've last talked? I know there's been a lot of uh, a lot of things happened. You've went back to uh, Rwanda and South Sudan. You had plans to go back to Bor, but those were disrupted. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But just how have you been in the last, uh, you know, couple months? I'm really going well, or I'm thinking that uh, I'm doing good. Or we all have a teamwork uh, with our ally, our going well or working well in our project that we are doing in South Sudan. I was uh, so busy, very, very busy, but it's the part of the life that makes me exciting all the time. And it's very, it, it's very difficult work that you're doing, obviously. There, there was um, a massacre a few years ago of 30, 33 women in a church, and one of them was your aunt. So this is obviously very close to your heart and important an important issue so tell me why why this is something that you feel is is your calling in life right now um i feel like uh to remember them like doing something is motivating uh, uh other people and is encouraging instead of saying any emotion and uh, because emotionally always uh hold has back and it causes a revenge but forgiveness and let things go and start the new chapter is the only change uh, the life of the people, in including the world in general, because there is nowhere uh, the revenge taking has except taking a new life. So the reason I took it has uh, as action to change the life or action, action to do something. Uh, is to not to forget the life of the women that gone, but also to put in mind we are human being, and human being change according to culturally. We born innocent, but when we out, uh, we change with the situation. So this is how I can put it. And where are we taking being enemy to each other all the time? Uh, instead of look at the positive side that we can walk through it in, uh, and leave the negative side that take us back. It seems like negativity and revenge and those sort of feelings only bring more negativity and more anger and more frustration and more things that we don't want in life. So how how has it been for you to turn such a negative situation into into a positive it, it, what is that like for you it really hurt but i went in through a lot as i was growing up in the refugee camp for almost uh 17 years being a refugee so it's already frustration already and and for me uh 
I rather took a step up instead of living in the cage. I, I call being a refugee is like you are in the cage. So the feeling it give it to me is to be strong, even though uh, I saw many things that happened to the women and nobody can stand up on behalf of the women, at least other women telling, you know, expressing themselves, say, this is wrong, we can't do this. Uh, women and children are suffering a lot. Part of the reason that you went back to Rwanda and planned to go back was to interview people. So you, I saw a few interviews that you did. They're very good, by the way. Uh, ta- just asking locals and women and, and people what their story was and, and how they were affected by what, what's going on there. Um, tell me about the pr- that process of interviewing people and talking and hearing their story. How did that make you feel and what, and what did you learn? Right. Um, first of all, I was going for my practicum at, uh, to Rwanda. And my side work, I put aside to interviewing people who were in the uh, friend of peace training uh, which is a uh, great Africa uh, Africa Great Lake initiative for the peace friend of peace, uh, which was uh, was being supporting there by the Canadian friend of peace quicker okay. in Canada uh, to go there and Global College University as my part of my practicum. Uh, the reason actually I decided to interview people who were in the training or in Rwanda specifically. Is just what is in Rwanda now, w- what was in Rwanda in 1994 when I was in the refugee camp in Kakuma is to me that how I see what's going on in South Sudan. Mm-hmm. Even though we denied it is not, it is to me, this is how I look at it. It's a very similar situation. Similar situation. So... Mine was, my question or my excited side is, how did the Rwanda uh, overcome uh, the genocide that they were in, the massacre that was in, and, and what can we do as a South Sudanese, especially women, you know, to overcome what's going on in South Sudan, particularly? Second question to myself that I was asking, is uh, children that were growing up without parents like me. Because I will say a lot of children in Rwanda grown up without their parents because of the genocide. Mm. How did they handle the situation uh, so that they can integrate, they integrate in, the, uh, in the, uh, the public of Rwanda or being uh, friendly with people? How did they forgive that or get out in that, that mourning and grievousness? Mm-hmm. to be a, to see the human life or be in the country they these were the second question for me to the rwandan people you interviewed a woman who was talking about peace and talking about the women's role in in achieving peace in south sudan why do you think that that's such an important component of of being able to achieve peace the the women's role in the society um uh that woman was from south africa okay and we all know South Africa also was in the same situation right. as we do today and Rwanda was. So to me, to is connected, the South Africa shifted and how. And the peace is important because peace is the only thing that will get us away instead of revenge in South Sudan. Mm-hmm. So I'm really desperate in peace. And how can I do it? Can I do it alone? No. 
but I can at least put my voice there. But I'm calling all the South Sudanese, including international community. When ye people are in, what is in South Sudan actually to me is traumatized. Right. People are really traumatized to the maximum that the life of human beings are not recognized. But to come out in that situation, uh, they cannot do it alone. And they are not even seeing the mistake because we all traumatize. Whether in, in other countries as I am today in Canada, I'm also because hearing a sound of gun or hurting the person, the, my relative, or one person in my community die and sound of death every now and then. Right. It's not okay. It's no. not healthy for us. Not at all. Well, we'll take a little musical break now. When we come back, I'm going to ask you about the peace training that you took, um, what you learned there, and uh, we can talk a little bit more about your experiences on your trip most recently. So we're speaking with Rebecca Deng. She is the chair of the Winnipeg Resource, Winnipeg Women's Resource Center in Boar. Stay tuned. You fill up my senses like night in a forest. Like the mountains in springtime, like a walk in the rain, like a storm in the desert, like a sleepy blue ocean. You fill up my senses, come fill me Let me give my life to you Let me drown in your laughter Let me die in your arms Let me lay down beside you Let me always be with you Come let me love City 360. Nolan Bicknell here, and we are continuing our conversation with Rebecca Deng. She is the chair of the Winnipeg Women's Resource Center in Bohr. Uh, she's originally from Bohr, and she recently went on a trip to South Sudan, uh, to Rwanda, and to Bohr, her hometown, to uh, deliver, I understand, uh, sewing machines to the women there. So maybe yes. tell me a little bit about your mission, uh, what the Winnipeg Women's Resource Center in Bohr does, and uh, and how you got started. Um, yeah, um, when I came back from Rwanda, in my trip first, I would have I should have go to Bor first before I go to Rwanda. But it was destructive because of the crisis that was happening. What was the crisis in Bor? Uh, in Juba, actually, I arrived on July six, uh, 
and then there was a tension that I don't even know what going on right. and then July 7 uh, yes there was destruction the same and I can see and then July 8 uh, it came to our area and I don't know who is fighting with who it was so there's just gun rebel, yes there's fight, rebels and gunshots and gunshots wow and you're right uh, in the middle were, of this yes and we were locked uh, we were locked in for three days and then the fourth day which is Sunday we couldn't handle it because it become like uh, you know a real 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 fighting and you don't like know close by to where yeah, yeah close fighting where yeah I, I saw the bodies and you know so we ran from one side, we ran from where we were to another side of the Juba. And so Juba is the capital of South Sudan. Yes. And there's is. still, ve- it's very, is it still intense going on there? There's still fighting and, and rebellions? Uh, people are living in fear because for Buganda, and what you saw sometimes make you afraid that it can happen anytime. Uh, so, yeah, I make uh, what I was, the mission that I was going, that I was being sent by the Winnipeg Women Resource Center in Winnipeg. Uh, the team in Winnipeg uh, sent me to go uh, to go and buy a sewing machine in Uganda. I myself, I did not go to Uganda because of the time limit, but okay. I find a very nice lady that I send the money to buy. We have 24 sewing machine now. And we got uh, fabric for six months with all material we that we want will be enough for six month training. What I explore, what I was explore is a peace mm-hmm. that we need a peace. And what I always tell the woman is like, look, uh, a person who is fighting with that person, they're always competing like I am strong and you are uh, strong and the person is strong. But who is suffering after that is a woman mm-hmm. because the person who die will sleep peacefully. The remainder one will celebrate saying that I win. But who have a child right. is you as a woman. Please try to talk to all the children because the, the, the young guys are dying right now. Uh, the w- one who was born in 1991, 92, 93, 94. Still they chi- they're still children, basically. They are yeah. Yeah, they're and they're fighting? Young, yeah, they are fighting. They are finished because the war that I know, I know the, the war of South Sudan or the Sudan War was a start in 1950s, 55 or 50s, wow. long history. But what I'm actually witnessed was 1983 when I was a little kid. Uh, living with my parents, very happy child, and suddenly something happened, like uh, above the roof like that, which r- left me with the wounded that I will never, you know, will never yield. Right. Whenever something come up regarding of the child or the woman, it coming back toward me because it remind me to where I grow up alone without parent, and it's yeah. because of the war. It's deep-seated trauma yes, that you went through yes. that that constantly yeah. is going to be brought up. Yes. So how do, how did the what's the plan for the twenty-four um, sewing machines? The education is, is the plan just to make them self-sufficient and they can make money and 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 be sort of what, what's the plan? The plan is to empower these women to make themselves self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Our plan is when they finish this uh, training within six six months and they did well. These women, when they, they finish their, uh, their training, 
we will give each of everyone a, a, a sewing machine so that they can open their own business. But we will follow up to the, so that they will not fail their dream. Uh, they will take care of their children alone. Mm -hmm. This is the plan in the community. It makes sense to to focus on the next generation and mm -hmm. focus on the next children and mothers mm -hmm. that are coming up so they cannot fall into the same traps maybe okay. and get sucked into the violence and the negativity. Yes. And you are right. Actually when I try to talk when I talk to people I have so many soldiers because I will say now in South Sudan uh, majority of young people including even the women is just only the feel of the being a soldiers. That's all they know. That all they know. And if I ask, why are you, like, why are you taking that field and you saw the situation? The answer is, because I have no choice. Where right. can I get another job? So what we try to explore here is another ch way ch to get to empowering a, a people different to path. different paths yeah. uh, without being a soldier or being. Right. And I know if you're empowering a woman, you're empowering the whole community. Well, thank you for telling your story. This is a very important topic. Um, good luck in, in your quest and in your mission in the future. And thank you for all the great work you do. This is um, Rebecca Deng. She is the chair of the Winnipeg Women's Resource Center in Boer. Thank you for talking to us today. You are very welcome, Noel. Thanks. <music> Thanks again, Re Rebecca, for sitting down with us today and telling and telling your story. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Rebecca will be speaking at Peace Days. Uh, that's happening this Wednesday, September 21st, September 21st at the South Sudanese Community Center, which is at 129 Dagmar Street here in Winnipeg. Um, she's going to be telling her story of the sort of the really grassroots peace movement in South Sudan that she is trying to help out there. Um, she's going to be showing photos and video clips from her recent trip and basically just celebrating peace days with, with local Winnipeggers here. Uh, so for more information about how you can support Rebecca's mission with the Winnipeg, Winni Winnipeg Women's Resource Center in Boer, you can call 204-281-8830 for more information. Coming up after the break, we're going to be joined in studio by Angie Harris and Karen Davis of the Dollywood Foundation. They're going to tell us about the Imagination Library, one of their initiatives that's getting books into the hands of children before they are sent off to school. But first, we're going to play a Dolly Parton song. Why not? Uh, the Dollywood Foundation's in town. So how about uh, Love is Like a Butterfly, right here on River City 360. Love is like a butterfly, as soft and gentle as a sigh. The multicolored moods of love like its satin wings Love makes your heart feel strange inside It flutters like soft wings in flight Love is like a butterfly, a rare and gentle thing I feel it when you're with me It happens when you kiss me That rare and gentle feeling that I feel inside your touch is soft and gentle Your kiss is warm and tender Whenever I am with you I think of butterflies Love is like a butterfly The multicolored moods of love Like its satin wings Love makes your heart feel strange inside It flutters like soft wings in flight Love is like a butterfly, a rare and gentle thing Your laugh 
tractor brings me sunshine Every day is springtime And I am only happy When you are by my side How precious is this love we share How very precious, sweet and rare Together we belong like daffodils and butterflies Love is like a butterfly As soft and gentle as a sigh The multicolored moods of love like its satin wings Love makes your heart feel strange inside It flutters like soft wings in flight Love is like a butterfly, a rare and gentle Like a butterfly, a rare and gentle Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and we're now joined in studio by two very special guests. We've got Angie Harris and Karen Davis, both of the Dollywood Foundation. Angie is the Director of International Programs, and Karen is the director or the Manitoba Director for the Dollywood Foundation. So, ladies, thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you, you so much. much, Nolan. We're so happy to be here. It's such a beautiful day. And yes. Yeah. We're, um, I'm actually here to support Karen, who is the Director for Manitoba, based in Tennessee in Pigeon Forge in Sevier County where Dolly is from. Right. Yes. So tell, tell me a little bit about the Dollywood Foundation just in sort of general terms. What, what, are you, what are you guys all about? We mail books to children, age-appropriate books from zero to four. Their books come in the mail. Their books have their names on them and they're for keeps. Oh, nice. So a child who registers at birth will receive 60 books in total. Um, before entering kindergarten. So one a month for four years, basically? That's how They it received their last book when they turned five. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is it important to get kids started reading early? Basically, um, I'm originally from Ebb and Flow First Nation, and I've spent my entire career working with social service, uh, promoting literacy, um, education, different things like that. But it is important for me a- as a person to want to provide opportunities for our families and their preschoolers to be the best they can be when they start school, to have all those special skills, to feel confident, you know, and um, we all want our children to graduate and go on post-secondary, and I'm a firm believer that graduation begins at home with their parents. And the earlier that you get started, the better, obviously, to get on that path as soon as you're in kindergarten, I would imagine. Yeah, and um, a lot of people don't know this, but the brain is developed... Um, 90% by the time a child turns five. So really it is parents are the very first teachers. That's perfect. So what's been happening? I understand Dolly played earlier this week, so that's probably why you guys are in town. How How has Winnipeg treated you so far? Oh, it's been fantastic. For me, it's been my first time oh, cool. to visit Winnipeg and to, to visit Manitoba. Oh, cool. And it's a beautiful city, and everyone is so friendly. And we've met with uh, many organizations who are interested in supporting the initiatives here. We had a excellent meeting earlier this week with the, the Southern Chiefs. And, oh, wow. Uh, we're very proud of Karen Davis for the work that she's done here. And she made a commitment in 2009 to make sure all 63 First Nation communities in Manitoba were part of the Imagination Library. And this year, mission accomplished. Wow. And we're, we're very proud of the work that she's been doing in getting children enrolled. Yes, earlier this week when we met with the Southern Chiefs, she challenged each community to register all of their children and 
if a community is able to meet that challenge, then we promise that Dolly would send them a very special message by video. Oh, awesome. That's a great, uh, what's well, a pretty incredible perk if they can make that happen, then that's cool. Why, so why is it important to you, uh, Karen, to, to get the, the these nations involved and get the chiefs on board? Well, you know, um, a lot of people don't know this, but out of 63 First Nations in Manitoba, only one, and that's the biggest one, Pegwis has a library. Oh. So there's no libraries, you know what, um, very few have, you know, banks or anything else. Most of our northern communities only have uh, a northern store, and, and, and obviously grateful for that, but the northern stores don't sell books. And it's probably super expensive to get them if you... Yeah, if exactly. And the gift of our program is that um, we've had many sponsors come to the table and sponsor the books for our First Nation communities. Um, and we've also replicated many other areas, Winkler, Riverton, you know, Selkirk and different things like that. But for our first community, for our First Nation communities where there are no books, it is so important to get books in the hands of the children, promoting literacy, language and learning. Absolutely. So I understand that out of all of the kids enrolled in Canada, Manitoba has 39% of the total amount of kids. Is that right? That's right. 39% of all of the children enrolled in Canada come from Manitoba. So is that just because of Karen's... That's tireless of, work. And it is. Uh, it's because yeah. of Karen. Forty-nine percent of our partners, we call them partners slash affiliates, are also based in Manitoba, oh, and wow. that's because of Karen's work. You know, Nolan, we want to, as an organization, we want to double the number of books that we're sending a month. Right now, we are about, we're almost at a million wow. books per month wow. going to children around the world. So we operate in the United States, where the majority of our children are enrolled in Canada, and we're celebrating our 10th year here. We started in Canada in 2006. Wow. We're in the United Kingdom, in Australia, and we're doing a pilot project in Belize. Cool. And in 2024, part of our 10-year strategic plan and goal is to have 2 million children enrolled in Double the program. We may exceed that number, we may not, but I'm sure we'll reach our goals. But we need the help of the community in, in all of the countries that we operate in, big or small, we need the help of the communities to promote the program, to register children, and to help our regional directors and our champions in, in registering children. We believe that by getting these books in the hands of children, we can help to change generations of communities by preparing children to be ready for kindergarten, to have the social and emotional well-being skills that they need when they're young that will carry them on through the trajectory of their lives. And uh, we've seen through uh, research that's been done that children who are getting these books at least for three years that the dosage of the books on a monthly basis over a period of time is actually changing their kindergarten readiness skills. We're wow. seeing the data behind that. We're seeing an increase in their skills in entering kindergarten and those children are being tracked and um, we can see that they're really doing well in school. They're, they're behaving better. They're able to socially relate to other children and to adults better. Their vocabulary is increased. Their math literacy skills have been increased. So uh, having across books the board. Across it's, the board. That's awesome. Having books in hands that are age appropriate at this early age is very, very powerful. For and sure. you know, and, and for community, it's $3.55 per book per child. The money is raised by um, our partners and our affiliates. Mm -hmm. The $3.55 covers the book and the postage. Perfect. 
Dolly Parton subsidizes everything else. Wow. She subsidizes my salary, my travel, the employees, all of the admin costs come from, from Dolly. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So it's a unique program, and we, we believe we're the largest book gifting program in the world. And we are so lucky to have Dolly Parton to subsidize the rest of those costs. For sure. Making that a, a, one of her, you know, life Legacies. Legacies, yeah. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Cool. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that it needs to be sort of a community-driven initiative. Right. If for, for any grandparents that are listening or parents or teachers, how can they go and find out about this program and, and get involved? Um, they can go to, um, you know, the the internet, um, theimaginationlibrary.com. Okay. Um, also, if they wanted to get information specifically in Manitoba, they can email me kdavis at imaginationlibrary.ca. Uh, we do have a number of different requests, like from communities and different things, and we gently walk him through the process, you know, because it's in our best interest and, and community's best interest as well to have the program replicated where, you know, yesterday I got a request from, from someone in Carmen. So oh. we will reach out, you know, talk about a little bit about the process. And you know what, Winkler came on board just in the last year and a half. And I did a presentation there April you know what, three months later, they had raised so much money and they were registering children and over 800 children today in Winkler are receiving free books. So that's all so it takes. It is amazing. Get on board and, and things will start taking off for yeah, sure. Yeah. That's great. So that's imaginationlibrary, all one word, dot yep. com for yes. more information. Or And your email again was? kdavis at imaginationlibrary.ca. Perfect. Thank you very much, Karen and Angie, for talking to me about the Dollywood Foundation today. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you very so much. Thank you so much, Nolan. We appreciate Enjoy it. Enjoy the rest of your time in Manitoba. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks again, Karen and Angie, for taking the time to talk to us today. Coming up after a short break, we're going to hear uh, Robert's conversation from earlier this week with Michelle Falk. She's the executive director of the Manitoba Association for Rights and Liberties, also known as MARL. Uh, they're going to be talking about the Photo Voice Project and how it's helping newcomers to tell their stories. But first, since Robert is uh, out of town this week, he's actually uh, going to a concert this weekend and he's going to be seeing Jimmy Buffett one of the headliners of said concert so uh, this next song is going to go to my co-host Robert Zirk with Jimmy Buffett Stars Fell on Alabama right here on River City 360 Moonlight and magnolias Starlight in your hair All the world a dream come true did it really happen? Was I really there? Was I really there with you? We lived our little drama We kissed in a field of white and stars fell on Alabama that night I can't forget the glamour your eyes held a tender light and stars fell on Alabama last night 
Good morning and welcome to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you this morning, and we are now joined by Michelle Falk. She's the Executive Director of the Manitoba Association for Rights and Liberties. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you for having me. So we featured Marl on the show before, but for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with the organization, tell us in a nutshell about Marl and what it does. Uh, well, Marl is a small human rights organization in Winnipeg. Um, we focus on human rights education around the province. Uh, so we do that by offering workshops for schools and having uh, community events around the city. Very cool. And one of Marl's most recent projects was the In Our Eyes Photo Voice project. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what that is and who was involved. Yeah, well, uh, so for the project, we partnered with the Canadian Muslim Women's Institute and a local photography group uh, from here and away. Um, And we worked with uh, clients and participants from the Canadian Muslim Women's Institute um, who range from 13 years old to uh, to a little bit older than that, and um, and they're all new Canadians who've been in in Canada for uh, a couple months at the most, um, and we wanted to work with them to uh, help them tell their stories. Um, and uh, so one of the challenges that a lot of newcomers have when it comes to sharing their experiences is obviously the language barrier. So uh, so we offered them photography workshops to be able to, and gave them some uh, single-use cameras, and uh, we gave them the skills to go around and uh, take photos of their neighborhoods and their families and anything that they wanted to take photos of that they felt would be important to, to share who they are and their experience here in Winnipeg. Very interesting. So tell us a little bit about the process for the project. How did the participants get involved um, and 
what did some of the workshops focus on? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, we partnered with the Canadian Muslim Women's Institute. So all of the participants were clients there. Um, and so they put out a, a shout out to all of their clients to see who would be interested. Um, and we offered uh, two workshops over the summer. Um, so the first one, we, we taught them uh, through interpreters, <laughs> which was great. We, uh, we taught them how to uh, tell their story and what kinds of stories they would want to tell. And then we also had a workshop um, to teach them some different photography skills to show them um, what are some of the perspectives that you can take and how to, um, or how to even use disposable cameras. A lot of the participants were were so young that they lived in an age pre-film cameras, so uh, so we had to teach them how to use it, and I think that they really enjoyed it, and a lot of them were very excited to, to go out and, and take pictures, and a lot of them took photos of grass and trees and, and things like that, which was really cool to see. Was there a particular photo series within the project that stood out to you, or could you give us an example of how some of those experiences translated into photography? Yeah, uh, well, there was one woman in particular. Um, her son has a disability. So she uh, went around and she showed um, the center that they go to for his rehabilitation and uh, and showed the group that he meets with once a week to at the park. And, um, and so it was a very unique kind of perspective within the newcomer experience is being a newcomer um, with a, a, you know, a family member who has special needs. Um, and yeah, so that was really interesting. And she was very excited to be able to, to share her experience. There was recently a gallery reception at the Winnipeg Art Gallery on Friday. Now, I understand that that has wrapped up, but if people want to check out the photos as part mm -hmm. of the exhibition, uh, will it be available in the future? And how can people find out where it'll be? Yeah, uh, well, we have some um, to-be-determined dates uh, in schools and at uh, different conferences around the city. Uh, so that information will be available on our website at marl.mb.ca if anyone wants to see the photos. Excellent. When you were last on the program, uh, we talked about an event that was coming up in September. It was a few months before that, yeah. but now September is here, here and the are. event is fast approaching. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about the next Ethics Cafe event that's coming up on the 29th. Yeah, so on September 29th, we're having uh, the next Ethics Cafe at the Tallest Poppy on Sherbrooke Street. Um, and so every cafe has a different theme. Um, so this uh, next theme will be sports. So we're going to be talking about uh, the Olympics and about, um, you know, gendered sport and, and things like that. Like that um, and so it's a it's a great um, open event where people can come and have a conversation and the questions are hypothetical and some of them are very real and it's just like a really great lively discussion that we have every time then that'll I'm sure that'll be a really interesting debate and we've kind of seen some examples especially from this past Olympics some mm -hmm. things that have come up in the media so it'll be really interesting to get people's perspectives on that if people want to learn more about uh, Marl and some of the upcoming events, where can they go to get more information? Uh, well, our website is uh, marl.mb.ca. Um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram and uh, all of the social media outlets that you might want to use. <laughs> <laughs> all right, excellent. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me this morning again. All right, thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Robert. Coming up after our next musical break, we're going to be joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons, Winnipeg's citizen journalism project. Uh, he'll be telling us all about what happened last week and what's happening this week through the lens of communitynewscommons.org. 
Uh, but before Noah joins us in studio, how about another Dolly Parton song? Uh, I really enjoyed our conversation with Karen and Angie earlier on in the show from the Dollywood Foundation. So uh, this one's going out to them, to Karen and Angie. Here's Light of a Clear Blue Morning by Dolly Parton right here on River City 360. It's been a long, dark night And I've been waiting for the morning It's been a long, hard fight But I see a brand new day dawning I've been looking for
Welcome back to River City 360. Nolan Bicknell with you here this morning, and I'm now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons. Noah, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for inviting me. So give me some examples of, of this week what's been published. What are, what are you pushing out the door? Well, usually what I do is I feature a couple of reporters, but I, this week I'm going to uh, change it up, and I'm just going to feature one reporter. Her name is Anne Haw. Oh, yeah. And she started writing for Community News Commons about uh, less than a year ago, and Anne really, um, you know, she puts a lot of effort, a lot of uh, time into her uh, into her stuff. She really cares deeply about different issues and she cares about the uh, you know writing about these things and uh, one story that she did uh, this week that you can read on communitynewscommons.org has to do with Alzheimer's Society fundraising uh, they kicked off on September the 15th their national coffee break day they call them coffee breaks and essentially what Alzheimer's Society does is they encourage people around the country to hold these so-called coffee breaks and basically uh, it's like little kiosks that you would set up say in an office or in a mall or wherever it may, wherever you know, there's people gathering, and uh, you you know you make the coffee, you charge for the coffee, and you take donations, and you provide information about this disease, which is a really, um, y- you know, it's a really big deal as far as uh, our society goes because, um, you know, there there are. Uh, it's expected that more than uh, 40,000 Manitobans will be diagnosed with Alzheimer's by 2038. Wow. And so, that's Manitobans, that's not Canadians. That's right. And that would cost um, our economy here in Manitoba, that is likely to cost our economy $28 billion Jeez. in that time frame. Wow. So the, the number of people and families that are being affected by Alzheimer's and by dementia um, is a serious thing. People don't like to talk about it, but you know, these coffee breaks that are popping up, uh, Anne visited the one that was in the concourse here in the Richardson Center. Um, it's, it's a, when, they, when you have these uh, little stations that uh, people are providing some really interesting information, some, uh, some really helpful um, ideas about how to uh, deal with uh, family members who may be exhibiting um, signs of right. Alzheimer's or early dementia. And, um, you know, uh, we do care about it. Last year, I know that um, uh, approximately 3,600 people here in Manitoba attended public presentations about dementia, brain health, uh, and how to be a supportive community uh, that was put on by the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba. So people are interested in this information. Uh, The society has many different uh, uh, ideas as to how to um, raise awareness and how to do these coffee breaks because it's a really interesting way to, you know, convene with people, uh, have a cup of coffee, uh, take some donations, but also raise some awareness. Start a conversation and raise a bit of money. Yeah, so that was a great story by Anne. And the other story that I really liked by Anne this week, Anne Haw, she wrote about Sunshine House, which is a um, very imaginative and ingenious programming that goes on at um, a, uh, it's a drop-in and resource center in downtown Winnipeg. And it's focused on harm reduction, uh, population health promotion, uh, respect, and social inclusion. So they work with folks who are in underserved populations. Hmm. So these are people who have a fair number of different problems, right. social problems and other types of health problems, and um, they uh, provide different types of programming. There's a music module, there's an art module, there's a carpentry mm-hmm. module, and uh, what comes out of it 
is some amazing things. So one of the things that came out of the music module is something called JD and the Sunshine House Band. And um, these guys have really uh, gone on to some sort of wildly and improbable success. All <laughs> uh, based out of the, ce- the center? They well, got the band they, they started there, and then they started, they, they, they have played the folk festival, wow. they played the Interstellar Rodeo uh, that was over at uh, the Forks. Um, they played at Canada Day. Uh, they it's a really, great story. Yeah, it's a, it's very. Um, I mean, you know, it's a it's a it's a feel good story. It's an inspiring story. Uh, the best thing is, as a as a member of the public, we can if for a twenty dollar donation uh, to their fundraiser page, you get brunch at Sunshine House, oh. and this is a great brunch. Uh, lots of great music, lots of great food, um, and you get a signed postcard from the band. But it's even better if you donate $100, you'll get brunch for two and a copy of their new CD when it comes out. And uh, the money goes towards covering the production costs of the CD, hmm. and any leftover money goes That's into the programming. Smart, pretty smart business model for a band to, <laughs> yes. to take up. And they their their CD is uh, coming out. It's uh, coming out this week. It's a CD release party at the Western Cultural Center on Wednesday, September the 21st. Uh, the CD is entitled uh, soaking up the rays cool. and tickets are $15 in advance at uh, West End Cultural Center or at Ticketfly or into the music uh, and at Music Trader so JD and the Sunshine House Band uh, <laughs> they they are a rockin' good band um, and they are a great um, a great addition to our uh, musical family Very here cool. in uh, Manitoba. Very cool, so speaking of our musical family here in Manitoba, <laughs> every week I like to ask you to bring us uh, some sort of local music that we maybe haven't heard um, just to share with our listeners. So what have you got for us this week? Well, I love this part of the segment because, you know, I just think that uh, music in Manitoba is sensational. And um, uh, this week I'd like to uh, feature a Country Roots troubadour uh, mm-hmm. who is launching his debut LP uh, this week. Uh, the, uh, the name of the LP is Heart War- Worn Highways. The name of the artist is Kevin Roy. And uh, on September 23rd, which is the Friday of this week, at the West End Cultural Center, he will be having his CD release party. And um, that will be followed up by his tour, uh, Western Canadian release tour, that will include stops at Brandon's Prairie uh, Firehouse on October the 8th. And um, there's a lot of great local musicians on his um, on his new LP, and uh, I'd like to feature a, a tune from that new LP. The LP is Heart Worn Highways, and this is called Same Old Sky by Kevin Roy, here on River City 360, 93.7 CJNU.
That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you very much for listening, and a huge thank you to all of our guests for talking to us today. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to the podcast, please visit rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. Please give us a call on our listener line. It's open 24-7. You can call 204-944-9474, extension 360, and leave us a comment about the show. You can request a song you'd like to hear on a future show, or you can suggest a topic on something you think we need to cover here on RC360. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. You can search at RiverCity360 on Twitter or RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for River City 360. Thank you again for listening. Uh, we're going to see you next week, same time, same place, 8 a.m. right here on CJNU. Have a great Sunday. Sky.